0: Perhaps the most memorable encounter I've had with anyone.
1: Welcome to the Own Your Commerce podcast, where leading experts, brands, and innovators reveal strategies for e-commerce growth. I'm your host, Jay Myers, and this show is brought to you by Bold Commerce. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Own Your Commerce. Uh, A little over a month ago, we were at Shop Talk and I went there with the goal of hitting the floor and finding 10 of the i want to say the best thought leaders influencers trendsetters in in the space of commerce so uh so first of all if you're not familiar with shop talk it is probably the largest commerce conference i don't know if in the world for sure for sure in north america um it is it's in vegas every year if you have never gone Definitely, it is the one to go to. That's kind of how it's referred to as it's just an amazing event. There is amazing speakers. The exhibition floor is probably the size of five football, more than five football fields It's massive. So anyways, but most importantly, um, it's where all the best thought leaders in commerce gather. So I took this opportunity to find and handpick ten that I wanted to ask the exact same questions to to get all their perspectives on trends in commerce. You know, what are they most excited about? Where do they think commerce is going? Where don't they think it's going? What do they think is not going to age well that maybe brands are working on now? So I talked to these 10 different thought leaders, asked them all the same question. And in this episode, we're going to give you highlights from each one of those questions. So you'll, you'll hear different perspectives on all the questions. And I, I find it very interesting to hear the different perspectives. And so we'll, we'll play three or four Uh, answers for each question. So uh, some of the voices you're going to hear in this episode are Rick Watson, who a lot of you probably know, he's quite popular on on LinkedIn. Uh, If you don't follow him, you definitely should. He's the CEO at RMW Commerce, but also just a legendary thought leader and commerce influencer. Uh, And we have Darren Lynch. He's the founder and CEO at Irish Titan, which he founded, I think, 22 years ago. So he's been around forever. We have Kelly Getch. He is the uh, Chief Strategy Officer at Commerce Tools. He's also the co-founder of the Mock Alliance. I have Brian Walker. He's the CEO. Uh, sorry, Brian Walker, Chief Strategy Officer at Bloomreach. I have Brian Anderson, two Brians, <laughs> uh, who is the CEO at Nacelle. I have David Shripsima, who is a Director of Strategic Partnerships at Assemble. Uh, I have Richard Gilbert, Director of Strategic Partnerships at PayPal, John Roman, Founder and CEO at Battlebox, Rick Kenny, Managing Director at Leading Lights, Chris George, Co-Founder and Chair of SubSummit, and Thomas Mulreed, who is Head of Sales at Orium. So 10 amazing people, all people that I respect a ton. Um, And I will make sure I put all of their uh, bios in our in our show notes and links to where you can follow them on social media, because if you're looking for 10 great people to follow, these are definitely 10 that I would recommend. Um, Okay, so let's get started. Uh, We're going to start with our, our first question, which is I wanted to ask everyone, what is the single biggest commerce trend that you are most bullish on or most excited about for the next two to three years. So not what are you most excited about, you know, 30 years from now, but next two to three year horizon. So uh, for this, we're gonna hear from four people. We're gonna hear from Richard Gilbert from PayPal, Darren Lynch from Irish Titan, Rick Watson and Rick Kenny. Uh, so let's hear what they had to say about what they think the single biggest e-commerce trend that they are most bullish on. Here we go.
2: One thing I have to say is that the energy at Shop Talk is just amazing. I was here last year out of COVID, and the merchants are really highly engaged. Yeah. And so I've been very, very excited about that, just in terms of just the level of engagement with merchants. Um, with respect to, like, you know, the next two, three years, I'm really excited about on the Channel. Um, mm-hmm. In particular, I, I happen to really like Instagram shopping. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I just, I find it's just amazing how the technologies are really... Molding together yeah. with with headless, uh, with the with the ability to be able to shop social and bring it back to the site, and I think there's more innovation that can happen there and and, and more streamlining.
1: Yeah, it might be a thing in a in a five years. We don't even think it. It's just shopping every everywhere, right? Like it's, exactly, it just happens. It's-
3: I think commerce anywhere. A focus on the customer and a return to basics are the three themes that I'm excited for over the next few years. Mm. This Commerce Anywhere, I'll probably talk about that depending on where our conversation goes in in multiple ways, but I think that the technology and the best practices have evolved to the point where um, customers are expecting to be able to buy on their phones, on their desktops, via voice, um, QR, SMS, um, all of that sort of uh, inter- points of interaction, yeah. so that commerce anywhere that enables all of that I think is going to be really cool, whether it's voice or social or whatever it might be. So I think commerce anywhere is is, is something that I think excites me. I do think that we're, we're finally at a point with the technology where we can create better experiences for the customers um, with way we offer checkout or the way we can actually personalize and segment now because yeah. that was talked about forever. Yeah. And finally, yeah. there's some element of reality to it.
1: That was a buzzword about seven years ago. Right. Yeah,
3: Right. That kept not really happening, not really yeah. happening. And now now it is starting to take shape. Yeah. And then I think that you and I have both been in this space for a while. The last few years, there was a real frenzy. It was a frothy time in the e-commerce space. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of a return to basics with good, strong um, business fundamentals for those of us in the space. Yeah. I think there's a return to basics with focusing on uh, merchants focusing on their own profitability yeah. and their own best practices, You know, maybe not um, as much risk in their supply chain, some right. of those sorts of things. And I think that's good for the industry too.
0: Yeah, I think in the next two to three years, I think just the whole idea that your infrastructure can evolve in pieces over time. Mm-hmm. So depending on who you're with, it's talking about like the mock idea, where yeah. you have microservices for different parts of your architecture, or uh, you know various components. A lot of it depends on where you're starting from yeah. and what your needs are. Yeah. And so yeah. like, how does that fit into your your goals for your brand for your customers? Um, so that how you you can then decide like how do I evolve my infrastructure?
4: Right. Yeah. This is like cliche alert, so, so beware. <laughs> okay. um, it is the generative AI use cases, and it's it's not the broad brush it's going to take over the world today. Yeah. But those little focused cases where I can inject things to make the PDP page a little bit better and yeah. easier to create, how it can change the journey maybe based on segmentation in a more fast and efficient way. Yeah. Those little pocket cases along the way are really interesting right now, and they're it. pragmatically, it's it's a. Change against what we've seen is very aspirational, metaverse, and, and just massive changes. This yeah. is just changing and, and improving the way we've done things before. So it's an efficiency play, and it's here. It is here now. So
1: this, you're, you're bullish. This isn't going to come back to haunt you next year. <laughs> I'm going to play this video and say, Rick, look at you fool. This, is, this is. <laughs> I think so. This is here.
4: What's going to come back to haunt all of us is if, <laughs> if it really happens quickly. Well, right? well, okay. well that's fair, a fair separate enough. conversation. Yes. Uh, this is. Whenever we can take a bite out of the amount of time we spend creating and developing good things happen. When we look at the very discrete use cases and how they can apply them to the business right now, it it is, it is massively applicable today. That's not to say that the entire commerce experience has been changed overnight. But If we can reduce cost and and how quickly we can get a product into the catalog and online, that's going to be a pretty big win.
1: Okay. Now I want to flip that around and, hear what uh, what is something that people are least excited for something that they think isn't going to age well and, and I always say like what are brands spending time or money on right now that is wasted it's a wasted effort um, so the three we're going to hear from on, on this is is David Shripsima from Assemble John Roman from Battlebox and Chris George uh, from SubSummit let's hear what they had to say about things that they don't think is going to age well
5: there's, it's a really cool concept, but I think companies who spend their time right now trying to have a presence in the metaverse yeah. before they understand where their customers are, it's a problem. Yeah. right? So I think the companies who go, hey, you know what? All of my customers are in Roblox. They're all in Fortnite. That's the metaverse. It's not yeah. Horizon Worlds or whatever Meta is trying to build. Yeah. It's actually where your customers are spending time online. Right. And so I think that like Roblox and Fortnite are the metaverse right now. Millions of people are attending yeah. live concerts in Fortnite. Yeah. Right? There's massive marketing sponsorship activations happening there yeah. by smart companies who understand who their customers are and where they're spending time. And so I think that this notion of people saying, "I need a presence in the metaverse. I need to have NFTs in the marketplace." Without understanding who their customer is and what they want, like it's a bit eh, it's a, a bit early. That's a problem. It's a bit yeah. early. And even then, like and it will always be early. Yeah. Until they find out, oh, our customers now live there. Yeah. Our customers are now spending yeah. time there. And not all brands will have customers who do that, right? Right. There's gonna be brands who should never be in the metaverse. Yeah. So I think that yeah, that'll be the trend that kinda peters out until it takes off.
1: But there's almost no brand that probably couldn't realize the benefits of AI in some Absolutely. in some in some way. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So I don't know if it's necessarily not going to age well, but obviously the big thing everyone's talking about is AI, right? Mm-hmm. But at, this is the AI boom right now, especially for e-commerce. Yeah. And I think there can everybody can't win, right? And there's all of these companies that are either embracing it hard on the B2B side or there are these brand new startups. Yeah. And the reality is, like, you've got to be careful. Yeah. which partners yeah. you choose to integrate into your systems mm. because the reality is a lot of them won't be around they're going to fail yeah. and there's only be so many winners so i think it's just it's almost a be careful and choose your ai partners very carefully it's early it's too it's yeah. early sometimes right?
1: being second to something is better than right let than someone being first.
2: else learn from yeah. it
6: and then embrace it. you know it's a tough question you know cuz i i i don't know that i know 100% but i think what's happening is too many brands are trying like blanket marketing strategies versus trying to get like really granular with who they're targeting. Right? Yeah. Initially I was gonna say like I think text is gonna get played out because yeah. people are text might be the next email and you're gonna hit their inbox so much. Hasn't it seemed people, to happen yet. Though. Hasn't seemed to happen yet. I think people are being yeah. smart about it, but it could get bad. Yeah. And yeah. then you're gonna have more regulation around it, which is then gonna like really hurt text messaging. Yeah. But I don't want to tell brands what to focus on. It. Yeah, yeah. So I think. You know, making sure that you're not just blanket marketing. Yeah, yeah. Being really identifying who the customer profile is and doubling down on it because there's so much competition now. Yeah, there's so many different avenues in the market. And so you've got to be really diverse in how you market. Yeah.
1: Okay, so for this next question, at Shop Talk this year, one of the biggest trends and and buzzes around the floor was composable commerce. Um, Five years ago or just a few years ago, you would have never heard the term. Uh, This year it was everywhere. And so I wanted to make sure to get some thoughts on that. So uh, the next question I asked was what they think will be the main benefits of brands adopting composable commerce or headless commerce now. And what that means is owning every component of their e-commerce stack. So composable commerce for those listening is where you, you pick your order management software, your content management software, your product management, um, where you're, where you're, you know, you do your content, I might have said that already, but every different component that makes up your uh, commerce experience versus just going with a all-in-one package, which is a real trend right now. And so my question was, uh, what do we think will be the main positive effects for brands who adopt composable commerce now um, versus ones that, that don't? And what will be their advantage in the next two to three years. So uh, for this one, you're going to hear from Thomas Malred, uh Brian Walker from Bloomreach, and Rick Watson. Let's hear what they had to say.
0: I think speed, um, the use case that we always go back to is like in three years from now, is your business model more or less complex than it is now? Mm-hmm. Spoiler, it's never less. Yeah. So if you want to keep moving fast and you don't want to get bogged down, I think composable commerce is one of the best strategies to Introduce more speed maybe today, but also continue to build on that speed over time and it's about building features It's about shifting your your strategies for your customer and your market needs But it's also just you don't have as much pain because you're building a technology strategy around your business model instead of Having to fit it into the box that you're going for Yeah, I mean,
7: the reality is uh, agility um, Mm. and flexibility, um, you know, and and really connected to the topic we just spoke about, for example, do you want to be kind of stuck and unable to test something like a generative conversational commerce experience? Or, you know, do you want to be able to kind of lean in and test that relatively easily and cost-efficiently? Yeah. Yeah. now, getting to that point can be onerous for some, but I would recommend that businesses really just think about this is a program of transformation over many years. Don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to do it all at once, but really start moving in that direction so that in, in a relatively short period of time, 18 yeah. to 24 months, you're, you're in a position where you have greater agility and flexibility and can benefit from some of the cost-efficiencies, yeah. basically running all these multiple channels. We're already in an environment right, where you've got many, many different channels you're trying to manage. Yeah. And you can do it in a consistent way and, and also then start to think about serving the customer in a, in a contextual, consistent way across those. Yeah. Um, so I'd say flexibility and agility to trial, as well as efficiency gains on the other side yeah and uh frankly this is the direction right so it's either start now or start later yeah pay the piper now pay the piper later but i would not recommend you try to do some big transformational boil the ocean big bang project i just say this is an incremental strategy and you're probably already uh you know composable to some some respect yeah and you're probably already using a lot of APIs from different solution providers. You're already down this path. Yeah, Um, there there will be some bigger steps along the way, Um, but those are the advantages and it can be hard to quantify, but the reality is um, you you don't want to be uh, the one who's inflexible uh, or or too slow uh, to market.
1: Okay, now the next question um, is a bit of a selfish question because we're going to focus on checkout a little bit. Maybe selfish because we're uh, we are a checkout company, but not selfish in the sense that everyone listening here should also care deeply about checkout because uh, over half of your customers are lost at checkout, and it's definitely an area that needs more attention. So um, focusing in on checkout, I wanted to ask everyone: What are some exciting things that headless and and composable checkout, you know, essentially decoupling checkout from your platform? What are some exciting things that can offer brands? um, in terms of increasing revenue, selling more places. And so, you know, we think of checkout normally as online, you add to cart, you go to checkout. But when you think about decoupling that you start to think about how voice can play into checkout SMS, um, in-store kiosk, uh, QR codes is the sky's the limit. So I wanted to ask everyone what their thoughts were on what they were excited, uh, of headless decoupled composable checkout, what that allows brands to do. So this, we're going to hear from Kelly Getch. um, CSO at Commerce Tools, Darren Lynch from Irish Titan, and David Tripsima from Assemble. Let's hear what they had to say.
3: My, my response to that bubbles up to that theme of Commerce Anywhere yeah. that I mentioned, yeah. you know, because when you have the headless um, environment to your at your disposal, then you can do, in theory anyway, right, a voice-activated checkout. Yeah, And I think that, I, I don't know how pervasive voice is going to become, but that is an absolutely untapped market, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's really solved it yet, uh, but that Commerce Anywhere, customers want to, to buy in ways that are convenient for them, yeah. right? Um, way back when, uh, one of my early projects before even starting Irish Titan was a real extensive retail CRM project and for Wilson's other. And one of the things that was being bandied about in the CRM space way back then was that CRM was about doing business the way your customers want you to. That's what I feel headless allows it's what it, this commerce anywhere I think speaks to. So I think it's pretty um, compelling if I'm a merchant and I have customers who might be shopping at kiosks if I have kiosks out and about or yeah. tablets yeah. right yeah um, and just decoupling that to facilitate the checkout yeah I, I think you want you want you want to take that transaction you want to convert that opportunity whenever you can yeah and headless facilitates that. It, it's. Uh,
1: I said it earlier today. It's. It's the kiss at the end of the date, and it has to be done perfectly, or, right. or the rest is, is right. the rest is useless, right? And I think with so, your
3: focus on checkout, um, so, that really um, lends itself so, to that headless um, uh, opportunity, yeah. right? Because that's that's the, the that's where it gets decoupled.
7: I would say the ability to buy something from anywhere, mm. you know. And I was doing a panel earlier today, NBC Universal, for example. They're doing in-app and in within their Peacock app, which mm-hmm. is what they mm-hmm. own, where yeah. you can buy and see a product featured. You can buy it on the screen. I mean, how uh, finally, amazing is
1: that? Finally, right? Finally. I mean, it's I've since 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 Netflix came out and they didn't have commercials. It's the ultimate product placement. Like the technology is there it is. to pause it, see the products that are in it. I uh, I'm just so surprised that it hasn't happened sooner.
2: Well, they even take it a step further, if you want to get really creepy about it,
7: (laughs) where they can digitally change the shoes or clothing that somebody's wearing. Oh, really? So, if Nike's trying to reach you, and they know that you're open to Nike, the version of a program that you watch might feature all Nike shoes throughout the program.
1: Crazy. That's interesting. Okay. Within
4: the link to buy the shoes in the program.
1: That's 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 gonna. Doesn't that hurt your head? It does. It does, and that's gonna be. I'm gonna be talking to my wife about Nike shoes, and then I'm gonna see the actors wearing Nike shoes on. On. on.
5: <laughs> that's where we're going. Closed right? loop. Yeah.
1: Um. I
5: think it goes back to our earlier kind of topic about the metaverse. Yeah being where your customers are without pulling them out of that experience, right? Right. So if I can have a checkout window, if I'm watching something and I'm like, I love that dress, give me the option to hit buy that dress right now, right? Um, Or buy that pair of pants, right? I don't buy a whole lot of dresses personally. Occasionally shopping for my wife or whatever, but if I see something, I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah, that point of inspiration. I want to buy that. being able to pop that window up and saying check out, and I think that right now, like, it's a weird experience on like TV. Yeah, we've kind of seen it though with like the, the success of the bouncing QR code Super Bowl ad, right? Yeah, people yeah. have their second screens, they're ready yeah. to whip it out and go, What is this? and then buy or yeah. take an action. And so, I think having a checkout that is super super flexible, that's yeah. able to accommodate those requests, that doesn't require them that I enter information, so it works with. Uh, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Shop Pay, Stripe Link, you name it. All of those things. And it can be exactly what I want, where I want. That'll be huge. I couldn't agree more.
1: Okay. The next question is also on checkout, but just last one on checkout is, you know, sometimes we hear that there is an ideal checkout. There's a perfect checkout and um, that's one, that's one approach. And I wanted to ask if they thought, that a one size fits all checkout actually is if there is one that is perfect for everyone or does who the shopper is or what they're buying or what the device they are on or where they're coming from, does that make a difference? Or is there really one perfect checkout? So let's hear what some of them had to say. We're going to hear from Brian, uh, Brian Anderson from Nacelle, uh, Thomas Mulreed from Orium and Rick Watson from, uh, RMW commerce. Let's see what they had to say about their thoughts on is there one perfect checkout.
2: Yeah, so I'm up Like I think on the on the, if you're a new new company and you're just trying to find product market fit, like do the simple thing, you know, and maybe there's a one size fits all or yeah. you know, a three size fits all kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of. But um, I think as you get into the enterprise, it's, it's it's silly and foolish. I think you need a good set of APIs, and you're going to want to build your own thing because frankly. Uh, if you're at that size, you've done something different and special, yeah, and so the idea that you're going to try to use something just out of the box and only out of the box just seems like the craziest thing yeah. um, because you're going to water down your differentiators and what makes you special yeah. so instead you know use good APIs, get the right infrastructure in place, and, and then build the thing on top that that is consistent with your brand and what makes you great. Don't yeah. undermine that yeah
0: it's It's hard to get to, but it's nearly possible. I want to check out for me like. I'm Thomas, Mm -hmm. I buy certain things, I have certain buying intent, I like my way. I want to have my checkout. I don't think you can have a one size fits all for your brand, I think you have to shift it for who's the person buying and how do you build a checkout for them. Mm -hmm. And that could be somebody that's purchased from you before, so you understand the context. It could be somebody that's on their phone, it could be somebody that, you know, needs to sign up to a subscription and a loyalty plan and buy online and pick up in store mm-hmm. and three other things all in the same flow. Yeah. So being able to have a specific checkout for the use case or for the segment, I think is really important. And the one-size-fits-all strategy works if you think of it in a generic statement, but no two buying cycles are the same. So why should two checkouts be the same?
1: Okay, so the last question I asked everybody is, I wanted to know what the e-commerce platform landscape looks like in five years. And I've been going to shop talk for a while. I can tell you the floor, the exhibition floor has changed a lot. Uh, If you went five years ago um, it was all large platforms and agencies. Now it seems like it's smaller. I don't necessarily say smaller, but smaller in the sense of what the solution is. So instead of a you know platform that solves for everything, it's, there was, you know, 12 different content management companies there, depending on if you're doing B2B, are you uh, a beauty company? Are you electronics? There's very different ways that people want to do content and different things that matter. And so there was different order management companies and just a lot more, um, focused on what the exact problem is they're solving. That was something I noticed. Um, this year versus five years ago, I wanted to ask everyone what they think the the e commerce platform landscape is going to look like five years from now. You know, coming to Shop Talk in five years, what's it going to look like then? So, uh, for this question, you're going to hear from Brian Walker from Bloomreach, Rick Kenny from Leading Lights, and Brian Anderson from Nacelle. Let's hear what they had to say
7: well commerce platforms is one part of the ecosystem right so i yeah. mean let's recognize like it is really uh, remarkable to see how big the ecosystem has gotten it mm-hmm. shows like how important this industry is to the overall economy yeah it shows that there's room for specialization um, I don't know how many exhibitors there are here, but it's it's remarkable. It's a lot this right? year. It's yeah. remarkable, yeah. and and maybe that's yeah. May, maybe we see a little bit of a retrenchment given the overall macroeconomic and venture capital and mm-hmm. uh, market and so forth. So perhaps you know this might be a bit of a of an inflection point, but it's remarkable. Right? Yeah. yeah. now, yeah. you asked a question like, what do we see going forward? I mean, I already mentioned. Uh, generative AI. I feel like I'm playing buzzword bingo here a little <laughs> bit, but the reality no, is um, that's going to have a major transformational impact on this industry. Yeah, Everyone's going to have to be thinking about how to utilize or develop solutions that are leveraging, not, not just GPT. that's just one manifestation, right? But it's more the underlying technology yeah. uh, within their solutions. Um, and then obviously, you know, I am a uh, a, a mock advocate. I do think certainly composable microservices, right? And, and I think over the next few years, we'll see orchestration and integration improve mm-hmm. uh, between mm-hmm. um, solution providers. And, and I think AI might help that. AI very well may help that. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and so we, we've often seen this sort of pendulum swing in this industry between yeah. best of breed and suites and so on. But I think now we're getting to the point where you know the technology is matured, right? SaaS solutions, API first, um, ease of integration, orchestration tools, other things that are making it easier to mm-hmm. blend and combine. There are still some use cases that are challenging when you're when you're blending different SaaS solution providers in a best of breed fashion together, like personalization, which yeah. we feel like we can uniquely solve for. But the reality is, um, it will improve. So I, I see that. Actually, if anything, that'll democratize further. We might see some consolidation in this yeah. market, of yeah. course. That's yeah. a natural. But I think, sort of in a sense, there's we're kind of uh, in a different era yeah. uh, of how easy it is to to, to, to do to a connect. Yeah. How easy it is to enable uh, integrational point solutions. Yeah. Standardization around architectures. Yeah. Um, that combined with generative, I think, uh, uh, and perhaps even general AI. Yeah. Well. You know, probably transformed this industry in a pretty dramatic way. Perhaps some of the most dramatic uh, changes we've seen in the last 15 years. Yeah, I think so too.
4: One of the really interesting things about just e-commerce in general, this start, this show started as more of a direct-to-consumer type show. It was before we really said things like digitally native mm-hmm. and even D2C wasn't something really said back then. This is 2016 or so when Chop Talk really began. It was a time when... Uh, retail was starting to get hip to oh this digital thing is real it's not just emerging it's here I think shop doc served that really well what we're I think starting to get into is all the other layers of the experience of selling goods are now here and yeah. so I think we see a lot more of the digital shelf we see mm. much more in retail media networks yeah. we see traditional e-commerce and direct-to-consumer selling. We see marketplaces here. So we're seeing all those solutions. It's not just a small pocket of solution, it's everything that's only going to expand. I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see more non-retail, mm. trying to figure out the retail side. FinServe mm. is not far behind in what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of parallels. Travel's not far behind. Yeah. There's a ton yeah. of parallels. Yeah. Those things will start to converge. Yeah, it, It'll be courageous for someone to come in if they're not in the retail. But if you're looking for a new business and you want to try and find maybe a new channel opportunity, maybe you come in here and, and try and do some of this. Yeah. Uh, well, well I, I think there's less of
2: these sort of like... Um, uh, all-encompassing boxes. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's more about, okay, what vendors do you use, again, for checkout, for order management, um, you know, for, for content management, and um, what are the systems that, that's going to bring all those together to create, you know, the shopping experiences that you want to craft. And yeah. so, I just think it looks very different because I think today's world is still dominated by legacy platforms that were built 2004, 2005. You know, the joke I always say is, like, Hey, like, were you walking around with your BlackBerry, buying a pair of Jordans? Right. You know, it's like yeah. it, these. That's when these systems were built. And yeah. gosh, the world is is a very uh, distributed, service-oriented world now. So the, those models are out.
1: Well, that's it for this show. I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed talking to all these folks at Shop Talk. If you enjoyed some of their answers, you know, follow them on social media, follow them on LinkedIn, Twitter, give them a shout out, tag them in a post, say, Hey, listen to you on own your commerce. Loved what you had to say about this. Uh, You'd be surprised how much things like that mean to people. Um, and lastly, if you did enjoy the show, would you consider leaving a five-star review? Takes five seconds. Um, five-star reviews make a huge difference. Uh, and you know, it helps with our ranking quite honestly. Um, and you know, if you, if you think this show brought value, recommend it to a friend, someone you you know, who's trying to innovate in commerce, someone at your company, or someone else, you know, uh, running a a commerce business. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll, We'll see you next time.